0: Lord for thy grace that we might dwelling place may be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible brought to you by Living Stream Ministry featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Now, here's our show today. Most Christians live with the realization that the Christian life should be a life that is separated unto God or sanctified. But the full understanding of just what this sanctification means is not so generally well known. Numbers chapter 6 in the Old Testament gives us a marvelous picture in the vow of the Nazarite, a voluntary vow that could be made by anyone among God's people that desired to give themselves to the Lord absolutely, utterly, and ultimately. We come again for the second day in this life study of Numbers to consider the Nazarite vow and what a marvelous picture it presents to us of the kind of life and living that God is looking for among his people. Ron Kangas has joined us today. Ron, welcome to the program.
2: I've had occasion to consider this Nazarite vow several times in the last 30 years or more. And this is a most precious portion. But this is serious business here. Because this is something voluntary, Mm -hmm. and it's something really for a very small number of people in practicality. And it's for those that really are burdened for God's interests and make a voluntary consecration to separate themselves to the Lord, not for their own spirituality or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but for God's heart's desire. And it's very touching to have the proper interpretation of this. And it's very inspiring to actually meet Nazarites. There aren't very many, but that doesn't mean there aren't any. And that doesn't mean there won't be more. So for me, Chris, this is not mainly, I wouldn't even say merely, it's not mainly a kind of Bible study. It's a fellowship concerning the kind of person God needs today among his people. Ron,
1: there were four primary components to the vow, or at least to four aspects or things that were touched. We're going to look at the fourth today. Before we do that, maybe take a moment and review the first three of these uh, characteristics of the Nazarite.
2: I'd rather not focus on order, just on the three matters. Mm -hmm. One has to do with the separation from earthly pleasure symbolized by wine and the products of the grape, of the vine. Mm-hmm. And then there's the matter of natural relationships, natural affection. Not that these are wrong, but that they're natural, and there needs to be a commitment to the Lord that supersedes the natural affection. And then there's this, what we may regard as strange or peculiar element of a Nazarite male having the hair long. And the point here is related to honoring God's authority, his headship. So we're talking about a person who is separated to the Lord from natural affection, from earthly pleasure, and who is given to the Lord to be under his authority absolutely then we will go on to consider something that may be quite surprising to our listeners. We hardly ever hear a sermon on spiritual death or spiritual deadness. Mm-hmm. A lot of sermons on morality and ethics and sin and holiness. But when we come to this matter, it deserves careful attention.
1: We'll give it some attention, Ron. Witnessly in the message yesterday pointed out that really in all of history there has only been one Nazarite, the man Jesus. But yet he also pointed out God desires this from all of his people. How do we reconcile
2: this? The answer is God wants to reproduce his son by having his son live in us, grow in us, and be formed in us, and live again in us the kind of life he personally lived. So here we have it, Chris. We have, on the one hand, only one Nazarite. On the other hand, we have all of God's people becoming Nazarites. But when it comes down to it, there's still only one Nazarite. So uh, how do you feel about yeah. my way of reconciling this? <laughs> I'm glad I asked the question. How's that? Good.
1: Okay, let's go on to this fourth matter. You brought it up already. It's the matter of deadness or It's death related to us, of course, in the realm of spiritual deadness, not physical deadness. We find it referred to in chapter 6 and two or three verses. Let me read a couple of the important ones. In verse 6, it says, All the days that he separates himself to Jehovah, and this is speaking of the Nazarite, he shall not come near a dead person. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or his mother, for his brother or for his sister when they die because his separation to God is upon his head. And if anyone dies very suddenly beside him so that he defiles the head of his separation, then he shall shave his head. All about being contaminated by deadness. Let's go to Witness Lee.
0: In this message, I only cover one point because it is so serious. This point is concerning the touching of anything Dead. The most hateful thing in the eyes of God is death. We, the human beings, do not realize how dirty, how defiling death is. We consider sin is very contagious, but not death. We consider sin is very, very defiling. Yet God hates death much more than sin. It is of no doubt quite often sin comes in to defile the church, to damage the saints. That's right. But we have to realize more times we got defiled, we got contagious of something of death. Death is something hidden. You have no feeling, no sensation about it, yet you got to feel. Sin is a matter of condemnation. It affects your conscience, making you dead. A kind of killing is going on within you to make you dead in every sense. Uh, you just cannot rise up. You just cannot move on. You just cannot pray even. We all have this kind of experience. As one who is absolute for God and uh, utterly for God, we must avoid the earthly pleasure and these deaths. Influence.
1: Ron, you pointed out in the opening four items included in this vow, and they all typify potentially serious problems among God's people worldly indulgence, rebellion, preoccupation with natural relationships. But this fourth one, spiritual death, he pointed out is the one most hated by God. Describe the kind of death that we're talking about here, Ron, and how subtle and utterly debilitating it can be to a believer.
2: I'll try to do that, Chris, but first I want to remark on this quite powerful expression that you used, that death is the thing most hated by God. Why is this? The answer, I believe, lies with the fundamental conflict in the universe between the triune God of life, the living and true God, The one who himself is eternal life and his enemy and the enemy's ultimate weapon is death. He is the originator of death and he has the power of death. So death is the enemy's ultimate weapon against the carrying out of God's economy. And sin is the means to bring in death. So God hates it. And we're talking about spiritual death which deadens one's spirit and one's heart toward God. It weakens one. It debilitates the functions of the members of the body of Christ. It weakens one. It takes away one's heart. It simply kills the organic body of Christ in its practical function. It nullifies God's operation. It renders God's people unclean to the uttermost. So God hates it, and he must have a people who share his feeling about it and who are committed to keep themselves from it by separating themselves to the God of life, the God who himself is eternal life.
1: Well, Ron, in this coming section, we're going to see that if we are to be separated from such a thing, such a hateful thing, it requires that we are watchful and that we engage in a certain measure even of warfare against it. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: You have to pray. You have to pray much against deadening, Lord, just cover me which were prevailing blood against any kind of deadening from the spiritual deadness. You have to pray. Here is the need of a fighting. Fighting against what? Fighting against deadening. As a Nazareth, you have to learn to avoid these unexpected deaths. This is not so easy. This indicates a kind of hidden death is going on. Uh, It is hard for you to avoid, so you must be one that is full of something anti-death. You must be such a one, full of life, that's anti-death. This depends how you exercise your spirit and how much you pray and in what way you pray. You shouldn't pray just a general prayer you must pray a prayer that is fighting. That is fighting against the enemy. You have to know the source of death is Satan. In the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you have evil there, no doubt. But the result of that tree is not evil. The result of that tree is death. When you take the travel life. It results in life. When you touch the tree of knowledge, good evil, the result is death. For the church life, we must fight all the time, fight against death. As a Nazareth, we firstly must fight against death. We abstain from earthly pleasure and we keep remaining. Under the headship of the Lord, and at the same time, we must learn, fight, death. Death is everywhere. So, you have to pray to fight, not to pray when you come to the meeting, but to pray daily, hourly, fighting a battle against death as the last enemy of God.
1: Ron, we have the warfare here that perhaps you'll have time to address. I also wanted to ask you about one interesting facet here. Uh, that is that most often death presents itself suddenly and unexpectedly. But even in the verses we read uh, earlier in the program, the Nazarite is instructed to remain apart from even unexpected death. How can we be uh, effective in such a kind of battle?
2: I don't fully know. I know something from the word and from experience, but I don't want to present myself as equal to Brother Lee and his message on this. This is um, a very particular matter for our, our spiritual exercise. But two things I would mention. One is we have to be vigilant, not in a way of being paranoid, but in the way of recognizing there's such a phenomenon There's such a thing as death and an enemy who uses death as a weapon. But being watchful will not work. It'll simply be a human effort. If we do not have within us a strong sense of life, by which I mean the divine life, that will give us the sense of death so that we're in a situation, we're exercised to be watchful, And because we are in life, we can sense death. It is sudden in its attack, but it's really not sudden in its encroachment. It's there hidden. Then, like a scorpion sting, it just strikes. And that, of course, is sudden. The sad thing is the Overwhelmingly vast majority of believers, and I know why I'm saying it this way, with exceedingly few exceptions, are oblivious to spiritual death, have no awareness of it, no discernment, are not watchful, and may be taken over by it and simply have no realization. This is serious, and this is sad. That's why we need the help of someone such as our brother and brother Ni, who really know life in a deep way, meaning the divine life, and have learned the lesson of combating against death. Who among us is even aware of the threat of death, let alone fighting against it, employing the divine life which is anti-death? But the Lord himself said the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. That means the gates of Hades will attack. That's death. So we need, I would say almost in the way of imploring our listeners, we need to open to the Lord to learn something that we have virtually no realization of. Hmm. That there's a battle for life. There's a battle against life. There's a battle with death going on and God needs people who know this, who are separated to him regarding this and who stand with him to fight against death by keeping themselves ever and always in the flow of the divine life.
1: Well, Ron, uh, we've come to the final segment now on the vow of the Nazarite and that is the completion of the seven-day period that was prescribed for this vow. At the end of seven days, the Nazarite was to make an offering. Verses 13 and 14 tell us, Now this is the law of the Nazarite. When the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall be brought to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and he shall present his offering to Jehovah, one male lamb a year, without blemish, for a burnt offering. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Now we come to the completion of a Nazarite vow in ancient time, was seven days. You may think, well, seven days are not too many, but in the Bible, seven days indicates a full course. That means even you can apply it to your whole life. The seven days could be applied to your whole life. At the completion of the Nazareth days of separation, he was to be brought to the entrance of the tender meeting and he wants to bring his offerings to God. Not just offering, but offerings. Each offering is a type of Christ. And you have to remember, when you offer such an offering, you have to lay your hand on the offering. Indicate that you identify yourself to the offering. making the offering one with you, and making yourself one with the offering. So, what you are offering here is not merely Christ, but yourself identified with Christ. Making yourself just one with Christ. Without Christ, you cannot offer. Even if you would offer, you will not be accepted by God. For God to accept you, you must be offered to God with Christ as your burnt offering. That we may be acceptable to God in Him. You have to underline this little phrase, in Him. In Him is what? You are one with Him. You are no more just in yourself. And you are no more in anything else but in Christ. You are in Christ. You are such a person. Then what? Then you live to God by Him. You offer yourself to him, to God in Him, and you live to God by Him. And This is a burnt offering for the long run of your whole life. What does this indicate? This indicates at the very completion. Yes, the seven days of this natural really vow is completed, but the completion is a start. The completion is not an ending. The completion is a beginning, to begin life, a life of burnt offering, a life that is absolutely for God, that is utterly for God, that is ultimately for God.
1: Ron, I think this is a very fitting way to conclude this two days of fellowship on the vow of the Nazarite. It seems to be very much focused on this matter of the burnt offering and our identification with Christ in this offering, doesn't it?
2: This is exactly the point. The Christ who is the Nazarite, the one separated to God for God's purpose, absolutely, is the Christ typified by the burnt offering. And that offering signifies being absolute for God, for God's satisfaction. We are not this way. And in ourselves, we have no hope of improving to become this way. So in ourselves, with ourselves, by ourselves, of ourselves, we cannot offer ourselves to God as such a burnt offering. God would reject it. But we have Christ, and we may identify ourselves with him through faith, and be one with him by being in him, then two things happen or one thing happens in two aspects simultaneously. Then we do offer him to God in worship as the burnt offering, confessing that only he is for God. But we also offer ourselves to God as a burnt offering, believing That through our identification with Christ, we are in him, with him, through him, by him, a burnt offering to God. In this way, the offering becomes enlarged. We offer Christ and we offer ourselves in Christ. This is well-pleasing to God.
1: Ron, uh, a topic that certainly uh, could warrant more time. There's a lot of fellowship that I would have liked to have had along the way, but uh, we had to discipline ourselves due to the clock today. I appreciate uh, your involvement. I'm glad you were able to be part of at least one of these two programs.
2: I'm also thankful to participate in this strategic fellowship.
1: (laughs) It was that. Thank you again, Ron. Okay, we are out of time. I'll leave you quickly with our toll-free number and invite you to call us. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888 543 eight eight. For Ron Kangas today I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.